Welcome back, radio entrepreneurs, listeners, and fans. I'm producer Nathan Gobes, filling in for Jeffrey Davis this morning. I'm excited because back at my side once again is Peter Meyerson, retired attorney and author. Welcome back, Peter. Um, thanks for having me, Nathan. It's great to be here. It's great to have you. And of course, since you can see Mark Furman on your screen here, or uh, if you're on the podcast, you probably see his name, which means this is another episode of Entrepreneurship and the Law with Mark Furman, shareholder and director at Tarler Breed, Hart & Rogers. Welcome, Mark. Hi, Nathan, and uh, nice to see my old friend, Peter Meyerson. It's been yeah. a while. Too long. Yes. This is the way people see people in the, you know, in the current uh, situation. <laughs> well, since I have two uh, legal powerhouses in, in the virtual room here with me, I think we wanted to talk about some of the uh, changes that COVID has had on business, hiring, things like that. Yeah, I, let me just say that uh, the changes have been profound, massive, really. Um, and, uh, and, and to a great extent, I think there will be changes that are permanent. You know, people are now talking about getting back to the office and many companies have gone in the direction of having uh, required uh, two or three days a week in the office. And the rest of the time, you can work from wherever you're most productive. And that's quite a change because uh, before COVID, uh, it was the norm that people would be in the office every day unless they were out of the office on business. And so there has been a dramatic change. I mean, my firm has uh, continued the policy that we implemented, uh, you know, after COVID where people can work wherever they can be most productive. And uh, for some people, that means coming in the office every day. For some people, it means coming in the office uh, a few times a month or once a week. But uh, for some folks, they hardly ever come in. And um, I, I think it creates opportunity, I think, for firms like mine, where if people are working virtually, you know, from a remote location, they could be anywhere. I mean, they could be in Indiana or California or uh, in Germany or France um, because the nature of Zoom has made it that we can collaborate and work together without being in person. And, um, you know, I, there's some pluses to it. You know, the, uh, I think it's improved work-life balance because it's eliminated commutes, which for many people before COVID would be... Uh, you know, an hour or two hours a day. Uh, so that time gets freed up. Um, and it's easy to schedule times when you need to collaborate, we all get together and have a Zoom and go over things and you can share the screen and look at documents. And um, it's, you know, in some ways very efficient. I think there's a downside, though, too, because there's a, um, you know, you have a firm culture 
and um, and you like to have interaction between uh, folks who work together. And so um, to address that problem, we've we've tried to increase the number of firm social events. Um, some of them are on Zoom and others um, are in person. We've had um, a magician um, uh, come on and uh, he does a virtual magic show. We've done it a, a couple of times. He's a New York-based magician who uh, you know, had an in-person show for decades and then COVID hit and he completely redesigned the show so that it was, it worked on zoom and it was great. So in that we've had wine tasting, wine and cheese pairings, um, trying to have fun. We've played the equivalent of family feud on zoom. Um, and uh, we're encouraging people who work together to, you know, plan get-togethers as a group. So, um, as uh, as you know, I handle uh, you know disputes, and so the folks I work with, you know, we're planning dinners and are uh, getting together. You need to maintain that kind of firm tie and it can be more challenging when you don't run into each other uh, grabbing a cup of coffee or at the water cooler uh, on a daily basis. But so like everything else in life, it's there are pluses and minuses, but for certain people who do what I do, um, it adds a level of flexibility. I still go to court in person, but some court hearings are on Zoom. And uh, at the beginning of COVID, they were all on Zoom. Mm. And um, so I, I hope that some, uh, you know, less important court hearings continue on Zoom. Um, but we'll see. It's not for me to decide. But, you know, I remember having... Uh, um, case in Chicago that the there were status conferences regularly on the case and uh, that involved my flying into Chicago from Boston for each of those at the time and now something like that it would be very efficient if that could be done on Zoom save uh, a lot of time a lot of money and so um mm. So I hope I hope that uh, some aspects of uh, you know this virtual work environment remain, and you know maybe someday we'll be back in the office, everybody back in the office every day. But that day is certainly not here uh, now, as far as my firm is concerned. Mark, so, I oh sorry, Peter. I, I keeping on the topic of issues. Uh, something that that comes to my mind that I wanted to get your opinion on is, you know, I know you talked about uh, many firms or companies uh, setting up, you know, two to three or so mandatory days in the office. I wonder if uh, how that impacts, you know, maybe some of the uh, executive team or business partners 
and whether or not something like that might end up getting baked into uh, partnership agreements. You know, you have, let's say, a business partner who expects his partner to be in the office maybe every day and another partner that doesn't want to. You know, that's kind of something that has never really been tackled, I think, before in uh, partnership agreements that we that I wonder whether or not you think we might see in the future. Um, you know, it hasn't it hasn't been an issue in my firm. So, I, I, I mean, I can't speak more more broadly than that. You know, we have a firm management committee um, um, on it. We meet regularly on Zoom. Um, some of the folks are in the office more often, uh, much more often than, than other folks. So I think it hasn't been an issue. I think people, um, you know, productivity, I think, is really what people look at. And, and I think at the beginning of COVID, there was this fear that the sky was falling, the world was stopped. Um, and certainly in uh, uh, civil litigation, uh, the courts were closed for months and all cases just froze. And, uh, but since then, um, you know, I think the courts have reopened, the economy has withstood um, COVID incredibly uh, withstood COVID. And I think for uh, many businesses and many industries, 2021 was a, was a banner year. It was uh, in, in the world of law. I mean, it was a very active year in terms of corporate transactions supported by a low interest rate environment. And, um, uh, strong economy despite COVID. So, um, so I know that's not just true of my firm, but as I talk to people um, in other firms, it seems to be true basically industry-wide, at least in, in the greater Boston area, but from what I've read nationally too. So um, I think there's... Um, so I, I don't know how, you know, I, I'm working on my own cases and I'm available to help people uh, if they need help on their cases. That's what collaboration is within the law world. And I don't see it being an issue in my world as to, you know, you have to be in the office. I mean, if you're in the, uh, if you're in the sales world, you know, you're never in the office that much. You were out making the rounds and and seeing your relationships and, uh, um, you know, because uh, uh, marketing and sales is, uh, is a contact uh, uh, endeavor where, you know, you have to be in contact with people. But what is different that I have found and, you know, I'm getting off the uh, partnership relationships, but, sure. you know, I now have clients who I've never met. Not that I haven't offered to uh, meet them, but, 
you know, they're in a different state and, uh, you know, they have a legal matter uh, here and they're not anxious to come here. And uh, my uh, personality isn't good enough to, uh, for them to want to come see me. And, uh, and they have no interest in my traveling to see them. So we just work together on the cases using the phone and Zoom and email and all of that. And um, I'm not sure I ever represented people before COVID that I hadn't actually met. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, it's just, it's extraordinary when I look at, you know, the first, this pre-COVID period of my career compared to now, but this is the world in which we live. It is, it is. Uh, I, I, mean, I, I mean, I would say in quick answer to your question, Nathan, it's a practical consideration among partners who, you know, if, if one partner is really unhappy with another partner, you're going to have to talk up. I don't see how you can legislate it in a partnership agreement, particularly um, although people will be thinking about that in a different way now. So yeah, my two cents. Thank you. Well, that's all we have time for on, on today's uh, episode of Entrepreneurship in the Law with Mark Furman. Mark, if people have questions of their own, want to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to get you? I can be reached at 617-218-2025 or my email mfurman, F-U-R-M-A-N, at tbhr-law.com. Great. And Peter, if people want to get in touch with you or uh, hear about your new book you're working on? <laughs> uh, well, they can, they can look on, they can look on uh, Amazon. Uh, my book is listed there under my name, which is Peter Meyerson, M-Y-E-R-S-O-N. And if they want to reach me, they can... Um, you know, send me an email at ppmyerson at aol.com. Uh, it's an old, you know, uh, uh, browser, you know, system, but it works for me. Um, and uh, I'd love to hear from anybody that's read the book. Great. Well, I want to thank you both for joining on Radio Entrepreneurs this morning. We'll be back with more after this break.